I'm Lillian Vasquez with Lifestyles on KVCR. Thanks for listening. On today's show, we're getting into the Christmas spirit with local children's author, Hella Brisson, who recently released her first children's book, Rasmus the Christmas Moose. Hella shares how she and the illustrator, who both happen to have the same first name, put together this story to share with children the importance of kindness, overcoming insecurities, and making new friends. Also on the show, I'll speak with Carly Maxfield, Marketing Director for the YMCA of the East Valley. Their upcoming holiday home tour gives the community a glimpse into the beautiful and often historic homes of Redlands and raises money for their legal aid clinic. But up first, it's my conversation with local children's author, Halle Brisson. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. So you. why did you choose a moose to be your main character? You know, it was really not my idea from the start. It was the illustrator's idea, Hilla Urban. And we got introduced to a common friend, and she just asked us if we had the same name, so we would both probably be Danish. And we said, yes. So we met up, and Hilla said, I've had this idea for a story with a moose for many, many years. That meets up with a little best friend elf, Amber, and that was named after Hella Urban's daughter, Amber. So that was actually how we got introduced. And Hella said, I need a writer. I'm an illustrator, but I can't write. So will you help me make this book? So we worked on this for about two and a half years and uh, perfected it. And here it is. So originally it was Hella's idea, but uh, together we made it a book. (laughs) Terrific. What is the message you want children to learn? What do you want them to take away from the story? Well, we enjoy that kids have imagination and that friendships can be formed everywhere and always. And this is, of course, a fairy tale. And we just want kids to enjoy reading books and dreaming and also having hope that friendships can form in all kinds of forms and shapes. And the joy of imagining, you know, like being best friends with an elf or being best friends with a big animal and you know, the joy of that and also with the insecurities we all grow up with as, as children that, no, you're not alone in this. Everybody has insecurities. Everybody miss someone at a certain point, it could be a friend or a family member, but there's always hope and they can always um, find new friends or get over their insecurities and eventually, like Rasmus, become the hero of the story and find their mission in life. So that shouldn't stop them. Rasmus is a clumsy, big young moose. He doesn't know his own strengths. And then eventually he grows into be the hero that saves Christmas with his strengths and his dynamic character. So I think we, we just want kids to also, again, enjoy the reading books. And then we have this interactive website where we have a song, a theme song that goes with it that uh, can be fun for kids to sing along with. And they can read the text for it and have fun with it. Now, the other thing with this book, you did it in rhyme. Why did you choose to write it mm-hmm. that way? We did it that way because we were we were done with the book, basically. And um, then I actually talked to our local librarian, which is very resourceful and uh, very interesting and bright woman. And I said to her, so you like to read books to children. What would it add to it if it turned into rhyme instead of just a normal text? And she said that would add so much to it because it's so much more fun for kids to read and also for us to read it aloud. So we did. And I had help from my daughter to do that because she's a singer-songwriter. So we together we did all that and changed the whole text into rhyming. And uh, I think it changed it a lot and made it much better. You know, with children's books, you every word has to 
count and you try to minimize how many words you have anyways. So I think it became lighter and more fun when we then turned it into rhyme and we could cut a lot of unnecessary words that way. Well, I will say as a young child, I used to like books that rhymed more than I did just the just the content and the text. So yeah. in reading yeah. this book, it makes it more fun and playful that it does rhyme. Let me reintroduce our guest is Hella Brassong. She has written the story of a moose. The name of the book is called Rasmus, the Christmas Moose. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the artwork. I think it's interesting that both you and the illustrator, Hella Urban, share the same first name, spelled the same way, and are from the same country. Hella must be a popular Danish name. How did you two come to know each other? It is a very popular name. And um, once when I was a kid, I went to school with five other Hellas in the same class. It means light in Greek or German, whatever. It's a very common name over there in Denmark. And uh, Hella was born there, but moved over here when she was five with her family. And uh, I was just born and raised in Denmark. But... We got together through this uh, friend in the printing industry that introduced us to each other and said, you, you guys must be from the same country. You have the same name. So we met up and yes, we are both from Denmark and our name is Hella. And we formed this company called Hella Books that we thought was very appropriate with our names. <laughs> <And> <laughs> with delight. So that's sort of the short story. Yeah. Okay. So is this your first book? And why did you decide to write it at this time? And then you said it took you two years. So tell me a little bit about the process. Yeah, I mean, from, from Helen introduced me to the idea, original idea she had, and then we worked on a, on a manuscript and changed some things and added and took out and whatever we did. And I've been teaching writers' workshops and retreats for 10 years, mainly memoirs. And I said to Helen, I would like to use the techniques that I use when I teach my students how to write, so the artistic arc and everything. So... We worked on that, and then when we were in the middle of the process, COVID lockdown closed the world down, and I live up in Idlewild, and we had a huge snowstorm, and I was snowed in for five days, basically. I'm like, I cannot find a more perfect time and scenario to write a book about someone on the North Pole <laughs> with this. So I was <laughs> basically making the story, uh, the whole uh, storyline during that week, and from then on, Hilla and I just... Uh, took a chapter at a time and she's an amazing illustrator I would call her and say hello we need to change this or can you make him laugh can you make him have a little tear in his eye and because she's done this for almost 40 years and is, is really professional she would deliver within you know an hour or something and she would have perfected all the originals and stuff so it was a joy to work with her because she was so professional and uh, so open for suggestions and it took about another year to do that, and then we, we hired a company in New York to help us with the graphic design and putting the whole thing together and the business plan and all that. So from then on, we got very busy with uh, you know, printing it and promoting it, and here we are just very short time before Christmas. So we, we, we made it on time. Yes, you did. So you yeah. said that you teach writer workshops. Have you been doing that mm -hmm. a while, and what does that look like? Is this your first book? It's not my first book. I have taught in the spiritual topics for years, and uh, I made a book about my own experiences with spiritual uh, energies, and I have published that, and I have also published the deck of uh, meditation cards, angel meditation cards. So I have two publications behind me, but this one is my first children's book. 
And who's the book dedicated to? The book is dedicated to our children, you know, um, Amber, Nicholas, and Gabrielle, that's our children. I mean, Helle's daughter is Amber, and my kids are Nicholas and Gabrielle. So we dedicated them to the book to them. On your website, as you mentioned, you even have a song. Tell me about the song. The song we made, my daughter and her friend, they have a band called Edmund Flow, and they toured in Europe for many years, and um, it was stopped because of, again, the COVID lockdown. And she was here, and I was asking her, since you have helped me put it all into rhyming now, how about you write a song that would go with this, because I think that would be very cute. So he did, and her friend who made a website for us, Morten from Denmark, he and Gabby met up here, and they wrote the song together, and they recorded it at a studio, and put it up on our website, and I think it adds a lot of, of joy to also having introduced the kids to the world of Rasmus. The song is quite clever, so I'm glad that that um, kind of has an interactive Play with the children who were take. Mm-hmm. Now, what age group would you say this book is for? You know, when we wrote it, we said five to eight years old, but um, eight year old. But we we have little kids who are two years old who love it. We have kids who are nine year old who love it. But I think when you put a, a story for children into some certain categories, you have to to pick an age group. But I would say you can easily do it from three, four, and up to nine, ten years old. I think. So it's not so specific, but you have to label what age group you want it in when you sort of publish it. Oh, I see. And have you tried this? Has it been read like in public? Have you gone to libraries or kind of tested it to see how the, what the response has been? We have. We were lucky enough to be invited to do an event uh, at the Adelaide Library. Again, very resourceful with the libraries around us. And we had Christmas in July, which was so much fun. We dressed <laughs> up and like Santa Claus, wife, Hilla, and I, and, and, and we had about 30 kids, and almost 50 people there, but 30 of them were kids in all different age groups because it was summer camps and everything. So, And they were very, very engaged. And we said to them, you can, you can interrupt and ask questions along the way. And they did, and they were very engaged in the story. And at a certain point, I hit on, you know, I talked about the separation and uh, missing friends and maybe losing some, finding new ones, and... I said, do you guys sort of relate to this, that we all went through this COVID lockdown, not to talk about that all the time, but the kids were, yeah, they yeah, they missed their friends, and they couldn't see their grandma and grandpa. And it was really interesting to see how the kids were opening up and engaging themselves in the story. And you never really know what what topic they need to talk about, but it was very important that we could stop reading aloud in the middle of the whole thing and then engage with them and talk to them about the topics they needed to to touch on. And it was very, very beautiful. And, and uh, the kids were laughing in the right places. And, you know, <laughs> it was fun to test it on a group, but it was, it was 30 kids. It was a lot, but it was fun, but they were all age groups. And, you know, at, at the back, the very end uh, page of the book, there's, um, you know, the Northern Lights. And yes. I said to the, to the kids, does any one of you know what Northern Lights are? And there was a little boy who was really <laughs> bright, put his arm up like he was in school and said, yeah, it's something like solar flares and all that stuff. And I looked at my husband who was standing in the back of the corner and he was like nodding. I'm like, wow, you are so bright and well informed. <laughs> and it was like, 
So they were really into it. So it was a joy. It was really a joy reading it aloud to them. So, and I've tested it on, on my own grandkids and other kids in our friendship circle. So we got very positive feedback. Terrific. Will there be a second Rasmus, or do you have another book in mind in, mm-hmm. going on in your head? You know, we have another book coming out uh, in May, hopefully, in the Rasmus series, because what we did, we, did, we started out with a Christmas story, but we said, well, the Christmas story is only going to be for a few months, a year. But we have now just gotten back from uh, from Hawaii. We did a, we called it a research trip. It sounds really <laughs> tough, but it was really fun. <laughs> so Helen and, and I and, and our and our husbands, we went out there and did a research trip on Hawaii because the next book is going to be Rasmus the Aloha Moose. So he's, because we were talking about what is the next book about? What does Santa do the rest of the year where he's not delivering gifts? They practice land. They practice <laughs> to go around the world. And they just happen to land on Hawaii. So the next one we're doing is Hawaii. And we are, we are way into that story now because you always have to be on the forefront with the next book. We want to we wanna publish the book every year. Wow. In the series of Rasmus. So we have many ideas. We're going to take him many places. But the next one is, is on Hawaii. So that, that's going to be a completely different one. But again, it touches up on friendships and, and insecurities and, and these topics that, that help kids relate to the characters and relate to and, and figuring out that they're not alone in this and they can grow into finding their mission and, and have fun in life. Um, so it's sort of be also cultural education and differences and stuff and languages. We're going to touch a little about that, but again, sensitive to the age group, what they can absorb at that age. Well, how lovely. I'll look for uh, book two coming out soon, I guess, or in May next year. Terrific. In May, yes. Hella, thank you so much for your time. You're so welcome. It's good talking to you. To learn more about the children's book, Rasmus the Christmas Moose, visit our website at kvcrnews.org slash lifestyles and click on today's show. You're listening to Lifestyles on KVCR. We're going to take a break for just a couple of minutes, but when we return, I'll speak with Carly Maxfield, Marketing Director for the YMCA of the East Valley. I'm Lillian Vasquez. We'll be right back. Stay with us. If you're just joining us, my guest now is Carly Maxfield. She's the marketing director for the YMCA of the East Valley. Welcome and thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Lillian. Okay, so let's talk about the YMCA and the activities that are provided by your organization. So I am the marketing director of the YMCA of the East Valley. That encompasses an association, starts with the Redlands YMCA, the Highland YMCA, and the San Bernardino YMCA. We also have a preschool, preschool university, and a camp up in Angeles Oaks, our Camp Edwards. And we do a variety of programs. A lot of people think of us as maybe just a gym or somewhere where you go for swim lessons, but we are a nonprofit that has been serving the community for 135 years. Well, tell me about some of the activities that you have, because I kind of like the others that you just mentioned, thought you were a gym, that people go there and work out. So if I'm thinking that way, I'm sure others are. Tell me what goes on at the Y. We offer financial assistance for anyone who wants to join the Y and participate in our programs. As a nonprofit, we want to help the community in any way we can to develop fully. So if someone wants to come in our doors and put their child in gymnastics and can't afford it or wants to work out, We always want to be able to say yes 
And so we fundraise to be able to provide that. We have our SAW program, which is Safety Around Water. We teach all of the children in the Redlands Unified School District water safety skills. That's free to all the students of second grade level. We bus them to the Redlands Y, and we teach them in, I think, about four days what to do if they fall in the water, if someone else falls in the water, and help build their confidence and get them comfortable in the water. And then what about the camps? Is that open to all ages, or what goes on there? Our Camp Edwards is a summer camp in Angels Oaks. We serve ages five to teenagers. During the summer, it's a typical summer camp experience. Kids get to experience campfire, rock climbing, archery, sleep in the cabins. It's a a week-long summer camp. But we also have a specialty camp. The last week of camp is actually our circus summer camp. So they get to kind of have the best of both worlds. They get a traditional camp experience and get to experience circus arts. It's great for beginners who are interested in learning some or members of our circus community who already have the skills and just want to brush up over the summer. Now, is that open to anyone in the community or is it members that are already members of the YMCA? Is that who the children from your organization or is it children from the community? They do have to be a member to um, go to camp. Okay. We do offer scholarships for that. If they can't afford to use membership, we can do a scholarship and work with them. We also offer scholarships for the camp itself. Perfect. All right. Well, let's move on. As a nonprofit organization like KVCR, you hold fundraisers like KVCR, but you do your fundraisers a little bit different. Tell me about your fundraisers that take place over the holiday. Every year we have our annual holiday boutique. So, we bring in this year over 70 vendors come to the Y and they share with us their beautiful handmade items and they help raise money for our legal aid clinic. We have a variety from jewelry to bath and body, stained glass, sewing. There are so many unique items that are handcrafted, handmade from local artists. And it's a really great event because you're able to support local artists in our community. And 20% of Sales go to the YMCA. And are there baked goodies? Oh, yes. We also have our pantry bake shop. So our pantry bake shop is run by a dedicated group of volunteers, our pantry ladies. And with that, people make their great homemade treats, goodies, candies, cookies, and donate them to the Y. You can bring them in just disposable container, and we will take care of the rest. They make beautiful plates, trays of all these holiday treats that people donate. And just last year, that raised over $10,000 alone for the Y. Wow, that's terrific. I love the idea of buying baked goodies from an organization, supporting that organization, and then putting it up on a plate and serving them somewhere else and taking them as my gift to wherever I'm going. So people think I baked it. And I mean, I would I would fess up, but it's two ways of doing, you know, good, right? So you're doing good for your nonprofit and you're providing baked goods to the next event that you're moving on to. Okay, let me reintroduce our guest is Carly Maxfield. She is the marketing director for the YMCA of the East Valley, which includes San Bernardino, Highland, and Redlands. All right, so now I want to talk about the big yearly event. It's the Redlands Holiday Home Tour. What is it and how does it work? So we're actually celebrating our 55th anniversary of our Holiday Home Tour. This year we have six homes across Redlands that you get to tour, from historic homes to modern. You get to walk in and outside. You view the beautiful craftsmanship and antique aesthetics, and 
how that works is you buy a ticket. It has all of the addresses listed, and you start the tour wherever you would like. A lot of people make a day of it. They, you know, take some homes, maybe go for lunch with friends, finish off the homes, and sometimes stop by boutique, pick up some baked goods at the pantry. So it's a really lovely event. So you go to a house and then you tour that, go inside the house, and somebody explains what's going on there, what this is, or why, you know, maybe you could paint a little bit of a picture of what the person, once they get out of the car, what they do. There is a line, someone will check you in, and you will tour through the home. There is usually a dozen in each room that will give you details. Depending on the home, it might be about historic significance, renovations, their decor, just a variety of really great, interesting ideas as you tour the home. Sometimes it's about the outdoor living spaces. We have some homes with beautiful views that overlook the mountains. We have homes with infinity pools. It's gorgeous. But we also have homes that are Victorian. This year we have a 1890 Victorian that has five acres of orange groves surrounding it. So there's so many very different homes. They're so unique, each one, every year. And how are these homes selected? We have a committee that goes through and works with the community, and we have great volunteers that allow us to open their homes. A lot of times we have board members or someone who knows a board member who is just willing to let us into their home and help raise funds with this event. And do you find that people just like to go into other people's homes and that's what makes it so intriguing so they can see either decorations or ideas? Why do you think people attend, other than supporting the why, why would people want to see other homes? I really believe, yeah, people love to go inside and see the decor. They really love to see something that is lived in, but also the different beauty that each home has. Hmm, very cool. All right. Now, it is a holiday weekend that makes a difference. How are the proceeds used or the cause that it's benefit? You briefly mentioned legal aid. Tell me what goes on with legal aid and how these funds are important to support that cause. Yes, so since 1974, the Home Tour has supported our legal aid program. It originally came over from the YWCA, and when we merged with the Alliance, we continued that great tradition of our legal aid program and the Holiday Home Tour. The legal aid program offers assistance with civil case matters. They offer legal advice, notary, paperwork filing, and this helps people with a variety of civil court matters. One of the largest ones we've seen uptake in is probate, conservatorships, guardianship, family law. And unlike other legal aid services, our program is not federally funded. So we allow members of the community who wouldn't usually qualify for legal aid but couldn't afford the thousands of dollars that an attorney costs to come in and get this assistance. There is no income or residency requirement. So that's very interesting. So what you're saying is if you don't have the big money for an, an attorney, but you don't have to be low income either to qualify, or maybe I'm not understanding that right. So who is eligible to use this service? There is not a minimum requirement. Anyone can come in, and because of that, we have people who travel from a distance even just because they can't afford an attorney, but they don't have, yeah, the big money to get help. So we offer help with those issues. And how is the legal aid clinic staffed? Are they volunteers? Are they paid? And this is the money that's used for that? Or how is it staffed and operating? We have a licensed attorney 
and a assistant there that also offers bilingual services. And we also work with volunteers, usually from the University of Redlands as well. Volunteers from the University of Redlands as students, or what would their role be? They're usually students going into law. They want some experience, and so they usually help in the office as well and assist our attorney. Okay. And if people are interested in supporting this cause or going into homes and checking them out, or even going to the boutique, so when is it and how does one get tickets? The Holiday Boutique runs December 3rd and 4th. You can find out more at ymcahometour.org. And the home tour itself is on December 4th. And you can find tickets at ymcahometour.org, or you can come into the Redlands Y. Terrific. Have you taken any of the tours in the past? I have. It wasn't until I worked here that I actually knew about the home tour, which I don't understand how I missed it. But I finally was able to go once I started working here and... The homes are amazing. I loved one was a mid-century modern home last year, and another was a villa up in Smiley Heights. I mean, so they're all vastly different, but gorgeous homes. So it's kind of like if you've driven around in Redlands and you've seen a home for years that you've passed by and you've always wondered, I wonder what that house looks like inside. This might be the opportunity to actually see it. Yes, exactly. There actually was a home like that um, one of the past years. It was near my house, and I was like, I wonder what that looks like. It's an old historic home kind of hidden behind bushes, and I was so excited to be able to go inside. And were you pleasantly surprised when you got inside? I was. The home was actually owned by a interior designer, so it wow. was gorgeous. Yeah, yeah I bet. Yeah, you find a lot of things like that. One of the previous homeowners last year, they were a home stager. And the Dawsons would give you little tricks and tips that she had for decorating her home, whether it was laying out a table for guests for um, the holiday or even just decorating. They wanted to point out when you're in the office, a large piece of artwork was really unique. It was very interesting. And it was a shower curtain that she just loved. And she had to have it framed and put it up on the wall and that was this large piece of artwork was just a shower curtain. (laughs) And who would have thought of that? All right. Carly, thank you so much for sharing a little bit about the holiday home tour that will support the YMCA of East Valley. Good luck, and I hope it goes well. Thank you so much, Lillian. To learn more about the holiday home tour and the YMCA of the East Valley, visit our website at kvcrnews.org lifestyles and click on today's show. If you have a segment idea, share it with us. We'd love to hear what you're thinking would make a good segment on lifestyles. Go to kvcrnews.org lifestyles and click on the link to share your story idea. Well, that's our show for this week. To hear any of our past shows, visit our website at kvcrnews.org lifestyles. Of course, you can also listen to Lifestyles on your favorite streaming service. Search for Lifestyles with Lillian Vasquez and take the show on the go. Lifestyles is on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us at 919lifestyles and search for Lifestyles with Lillian on Instagram. You can always go to our website at kvcrnews.org slash lifestyles and click on the social media icons at the top of the page. Thanks to all who helped to make this show possible, including Sharina Wad, David Fleming, Sean Houlihan, Natasha Coles, and executive producer Rick Dulock. Our theme music is provided by Ethan Bortnick. Join me next week at the same time for Lifestyles with me, Lillian Vasquez. Bye for now. Yeah,